Welcome to the Extra Podcast. This is episode number 274. You didn't even know. It's 274. At this point, you're making up numbers. It's a beautiful day. No, it's true. And joining me around the table, the singing pastor, Paul. Hey, everybody. Beside him, to his right, my left, is Pastor Ezra. I'm back. You're back, baby. I'm back. How's it going, buddy? It's Ezra, why you didn't preach this weekend in mission? Yes. Oh. You made that decision late because you said you were sick. You don't look sick. Yes. Brother. Yeah, you were looking what, really ill. What I happened totally, there, buddy? Oh, not. I was totally done. I was done. Whatever. I was very sick. What he and mean, was, What he means is little, he got to Friday little, afternoon and didn't have a sermon prepared, and he called Greg. Actually, th- that would not be true. <laughs> that is not true. Greg, can you can you preach it to me? Actually, I actually got in touch with Greg on Thursday. True story. Oh, so it was, thur- it was Thursday. It was Thursday. That you didn't have your sermon done. That's right. Okay. Yes. At least he gave you an extra day, Greg. No, I Look appreciate it. Mm, Are you doing better today? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Pastor Jeff's around the table as well. I am. And that, yeah. What? There's an old fat joke about being sitting around the table. Um, and I thought you were intending it for me. No. <laughs> no. What? You okay? Have you heard that song, that joke? No. Uh, it was one of those Yo Mama jokes. Remember those Yo back Mama. then? Yo Mama. Well, Yo Mama's so fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. So <laughs> oh, my friends when I was young hmm. used to say, Jeff sits around the table. So oh. that's what I was thinking. You were saying, Skippy, and I took no. offense at no, 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 it. No, no, wow. no. Skippy, Skippy's no. nice. Okay. Okay, Jeff, Jeff. We we had royalty visit. By the way, Canada. I'm not a... I'm not, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm not endorsing the joke. Okay. Someone's going to write me an email. <laughs> Dear Jeff. I'm not... Your mama's so fat jokes are not appropriate for a pastor. It's not or, befitting of a yes, pastor. Yes, totally. Or not befitting this podcast. Jeff. Okay, now moving on. Come on. Jeff Bucknam. So you know that we had royalty come and visit Canada. Did you know this? About a week ago or whatever, I think. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram now. Oh, so you I follow are? Insta Jeff. Which, by the way, I am digging. Oh, you like it? I dig the Instagram. I don't actually. I don't actually follow. I don't actually follow a whole lot of people. What's your Jeff? Tell me your. Tell me your handle. Doctor J Bucky Buck. (laughs) (laughs) D R J Bucky Buck. (laughs) I was across from him when he was creating his Instagram account, and I pushed pretty hard for Doctor J Bucky Buck. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'm pretty happy. That's what it ended up. Nice. So, so so here's my question for you, Jeff. Um, Would you receive something from a king? I already did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, what, what did you get? Atonement. Oh, amen. What? That is such... Wow. That's a, that's a very good answer, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. A very yeah. good answer. What Righteous. if... Righteousness. No, no. Um, would, you, would you receive uh, an autographed thing from a king? So what you need to understand is that in the room today, I am the only American. So I am just telling you that I... And even Kenya was in the Commonwealth. My yes. attitude yeah. toward yes. the British monarchy... They're not looking so bad now, though, buddy. ...is re- that it's whatever. What about like versus who, the Clinton monarchy? Who, can, who cares <laughs> whether or not these people who somehow were born with a silver spoon in their mouth decided to visit? Most people just showed up to see what the girl was wearing. Wow. And I saw so many videos on this Instagram of little kids, the little kids waving. But again, listen, I am not, again, I am an American 
who was very who would have been very happy when they threw that tea in the harbor. Wow. Okay? Wow. So I I don't honestly, who is this king that I should obey him? That's my attitude. Wow. Well, I have something for you from a king. It's actually autographed. You are giving me a signed king. See, this is a better king. <laughs> Ezra just handed me a King Felix, uh, Felix Hernandez bobblehead. That is autographed. And it's actually signed by Felix Hernandez. That's right. How did you get it signed by Felix? You actually had it signed. That's right. How did you get this? Did somebody give this to you? For you, man. Somebody, Why? Somebody, you're, you're no, re-gifting. You, you, are you friends no, with no, no, Felix? No, 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 no. Actually, they didn't give me. This is for you. That's it was, awesome. Yeah. Someone someone really loves you, Jeff. And they figured, you know, you were talking you were talking a while ago about autographs so and this things person, like that. This and person, you're so like I wouldn't take anything that's oh, autographed. No, I'm totally taking it. Yeah. Um <laughs> this person though, you yeah. know it would be this is great. Mm. But an autographed ticket mm. to the marriage wait, they're not playing anymore. Um <laughs> True That's story. fantastic. That's really cool. Yeah, thank I you know. very much for giving. Whoever gave that to me, uh-huh. thank you. And I want you to know that I will receive any kind of gifts that you're willing to give. <laughs> to this specific person? Absolutely. Or anybody. Well, anybody, really. I mean, uh, it's all good. Especially if it's uh, autographed. Absolutely good. If yeah. it's autographed by Felix Hernandez. Yeah. What if it was a Toronto Blue Jay baseball hat from Troy Tulowitzki? Yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Really? So, so there you, you go. You hate yeah. the Blue Jays, though. Nah, like, you hate, have a... Hate you have is a, dis- a strong word. I don't right. like Blue Jay fans. Okay. Does that that probably Ooh. that probably commends me more wow. <laughs> to the listening audience? <laughs> you know, I for a moment there I thought that okay. receiving this gift will actually make you bring you to a better mood. But we, I guess we're no. recording on the tu- on a Tuesday, yes. and by the time most people listen to this, it's going to be after Thursday, after the, the wild card game. So, I am torn as somebody who is not a fan of the Blue Jays. I am torn because. On one option is the Blue Jays lose tonight, which means that tomorrow I get to wear my Blue Jays shirt uh, because everyone in our office loves to wear their Blue Jays shirts on game days. I just I wear it on the days after they lose terribly. So I want to do that. I've got my Blue Jays shirt sitting out ready to go. That's so pastoral. And I'm going to wear my Blue Jays shirt after they lose. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that this is the case because of all the bluster that 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 spouted off all season about how great they were and how easy it was going to win be to win the AL West. By the way, there's a team from Boston, my hometown, that won that game, that won that uh, won that division. So listen, AL East. The option, the uh, the other option here is that the Blue Jays win, and in so doing, they get to go and play the Texas. Rangers, and you have no idea how much I want to see the Texas Rangers play the Blue Jays. This is the last season. This was the series that mm. erupted with the bat flip at the end and like mm-hmm. the meltdown in Rogers Center where babies were having beer thrown at them and all sorts of nonsense. And then followed on this year with Rone Odur punching Jose Bautista in the face, which is still, if go Google that, that is, that'll make your day. So I'm <laughs> as a fan of baseball and the kinds of craziness that could follow a Blue Jays win, I'm kind of, I'm kind of cheer I'm almost cheering for them because I would like I would actually like to see them go to Texas and have to deal with that. To Texas is really good, but like have to deal with all mm. that. 
And then if they do that, the chances are they're going to play the Boston Red Sox, which would be even more fun because I'm a Red Sox fan. And so this would be great. Wow. Jeff Bucknam. But you're not a fan of every Boston sports team, are you? So my, There's my, one in particular I'm thinking that is My not. grandmother, just so you know, my grandmother uh, was a rabid Red Sox and Celtics fan. Mm. So I grew up being a fan of both of those teams. It was hard to be a Red Sox fan. But I lived in Seattle, and so Seattle was mm-hmm. always my first choice team. Yeah. But the Red Sox were my backup, and that was always a non-starter, right? Until all of a sudden they started winning. Yeah. And then um, my dad... I hate to say this was a Boston Bruins fan. He grew up in he he grew up in the in in Boston. There's nothing wrong with that. And when I was a kid, I liked the Patriots. But I'll tell you what. Over the last couple of years, I used to cheer for the Patriots. But after the whole the whole uh, Spygate thing, I don't know. They seem kind of cheaty, and I don't like Tom Brady. Like yeah. he's Ooh. just so smug. Wow, Jefferson. A he, nice cheerful mood. He today. is in fine form. No, I mean, it, he's just smug. He's coming back from his four-game suspension <clears throat> today. Sorry, this has become a sports podcast here no for kidding. the next minute. But Greg is a big sports guy. Yes, he, that he is. You were you trained big to sports be, guy. No, but you trained to be a. I did uh, not train. I you dreamed. I dreamed of being a sportscaster, which a if, la Vin Scully. Which, if we can be honest, my training is basically just dreaming, like so, for everything. That's how I train for but, things. But Greg, I. I just wanted to, to people to know that I actually think that you were a play-by-play guy for, like, in the last week, weren't you? No, so that didn't actually pan <clears throat> no. out yet. But Tell people why, what I'm talking, what I'm referring so there's to. So there's a chance that I might be the in-game host for some of the Vancouver Giants home games at the Langley Event Center. Like giving away the the five dollar yeah, yeah. Tim cards. So I'm or like, so I'm, I'm here with Bruce in section one thirteen. Oh. Follow Greg. that donut in that cup, Bruce. Greg, can we? We should all be praying that this happens. You know what? If this happens, I'll take a. I'll take a selfie of myself. Do you get tickets for this? Like, do you, will you get tickets? Can you invite the uh, the podcast? Oh, we can do a, and all of us and then, on location, and then you could inter- you could interview us on the screen, and we could be really we could pretend that we're really excited that you're that we don't know you. Ooh, we're so excited. Ooh. Yeah, it'll be pretty. It'll be a pretty big. How moment. come you're being? Rec- Considered for this. Oh, I got a cough. So the the maid of honor at at the wedding of Sarah and I, her father is the vice president of the Giants. And so because we know him and he needs to find people to do this job, sometimes there's gaps in their schedules. Sure. Her friend so you was met like, a dude at a wedding. Well, well it's your yeah. friend's dad. You, you met it's a, my friend's dad. You met, Okay. But yeah, and he was like, "So, Greg, you no, know, she, she, you, she was, she said to her dad, Greg's kind of trendy. He, he can speak. He knows how to read stuff into mics. And and look at him with his with his trendy beard. You like that He'd beard? He'd be perfect. Yep. So all well, he needs he, is the Mac jacket, the deal. and he fits right in with the Giants. If crowd. I ever get the call up to the to the show, <laughs> then I will announce it on the podcast beforehand." Which which uh, which, which, which will go game? Up for and you the will team. see. What the... if you're amazing at this, dude? The Canucks are watching. You know, wow. They're always we'll see. Play they're always play looking Greg. for local talent they're to always... come and shoot t-shirts out of cannons. They're always looking for that next in-game host. <laughs> will you get a t-shirt cannon? 
I hope so. Oh, come on. That'd be the greatest. I would. Listen, I would, if you get a t-shirt cannon, we're going to, we're going to get one of Ezra's old nasty, like preaching t-shirts that he's worn when he's so sweaty and we are going to stuff it and you're going to shoot it between <laughs> and the person who gets it and be like, what, what is this? <laughs> this isn't from the giant. <laughs> All right. And those okay. handkerchiefs too. Okay, let's get going. <laughs> that might have been our record for most banter. Hey, here, Jeff, you wanted to talk before we got too far along in the episode about a little bit of a, a, a recap or a, a bringing in a new angle to the conversation we had last week about uh, theological clarity and depth in our worship songs. I did. I We... <laughs> We learned this last week that uh, if you really want to rouse the podcast audience, you say something about uh, about worship music. Um, so we got lots of people who sent uh, notes in. Some, well, no, none positive. So uh, we uh, we wanted to, I wanted to double down actually on on my viewpoints. The double down um, only because I think I might might not have been as clear as I I could have been regarding what. It concerns me about um, mm-hmm. some some modern Christian worship music. So let me let me run through a few important points that need to be made. Uh, point one: When somebody produces something for the public consumption, and they put it in a public forum, like uh, on an album for sale, or that's on Spotify or whatever, that person has has tacitly open themselves up to critique and review. Sure. <clears throat> okay? Yeah. That if you don't want someone to review what you, you're you doing, you don't put it out for public consumption, which, which is why you, you have every right to review an, a, our podcast and write a review. For sure. Or write a 25-page page, page paper, as at one occasion a guy wrote in response to a sermon <laughs> that I preached. He sent me 25-page page, pages of critique. And, okay, that that's legit. You have every right to do that because it's in public space. We broadcast it online. You can get it, right? All that. That's legit. The other thing is that um, we ought to, in our engagement as Christians, be critical, not in a not in a negative, cynical way necessarily, but critical with the art forms around us, whether they be Christian music or secular music or right. a... a, a, a TV show or a film or like, well, I don't care what the art form is. We have a responsibility as people who are in the world but not of it to actually be be, be um, critically aware and evaluative of the things that we're listening to. And just because someone slaps the name Christian on it or it's produced by someone or supported by someone that you know who you think is a Christian and is they're great doesn't mean <clears throat> the content of that particular thing is great. Sometimes it has theological error in the same way that lots of sermons do. So this is what surprises me sometimes that people get critical or frustrated that we would critique a song or songs, but if we were to critique a sermon or that someone said something and made it made a, a, a fund, fundamental theological error in, they would endorse us and say, oh, actually, that was really good. I wouldn't have picked that up or something, which begs the last question, which is, what is the theological concern that I have regarding this? And so, so here it is. My theological concern with a lot of contemporary Christian music is that it privileges 
and prioritizes the imminence of God over his transcendence. That I, I'm very concerned that we have uh, songs that talk about God in a way that make him sound like he's our buddy, he's our friend, he's, he's near, he's, he's, you, you can touch him, you, he holds you, he... Like we have, this is what we call in theology, the imminence of God. It's true, right? Hmm. Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means <clears throat> God with us. God with us. He is near. God has come near to us <clears throat> in Christ. And so it is a true state. We don't believe in the God of Islam. The God of Islam is not near. He is untouchable and immovable and right. you, you shall not approach him. That's right. So we don't believe in that God. We believe in the God who's come near in Christ. But we also believe in a God who Isaiah saw, who was seated high on his throne, mm-hmm. and and the train of his robe filled the temple, and the and the seraphim are are singing or chanting or whatever, holy, 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 set apart, set apart, set yes. apart is the mm-hmm. Lord God Almighty. You say it three times to magnify Him to the highest degree, and that when Isaiah sees it, he feels as good as dead. He pronounces like funeral woes on himself and on everyone else. That God is he, he dwells in inapproachable light, to use the language of the scriptures, that he owes nothing to anyone and needs nothing from anyone. So that's the language of what we call transcendence of God. If you overstate the transcendence of God at the expense of the imminence of God, what you have is something less than a God, right? Mm-hmm. You have something, you have, you have something, I'm sorry, you have something that, sorry, might sound remarkably godlike because he sits above the circle of the earth and does whatever he pleases but it doesn't matter because he ultimately you, you there's no way for you to connect with him right he does what he will and he has you have there's no um, input that you can have into him or relationship you can have ultimately with him but if you privilege the imminence of god which is all about relationship over his transcendence what you have is a god who can do nothing he can't he, like you want him to hold you but what what What's that going to do any more than your boyfriend holding you? <clears throat> I hope you guys understand. I mean, I hope yep. that's clear that most, most of the errors in contemporary theology come at the privileging of one of these over the other. And often in our culture, the privileging of imminence over transcendence. And so I've been, I've been in set settings before where I've brought this up and I've talked about songs and you should hear people like in, when I've taught it, they get super quiet and, and feel like it's awkward <laughs> mm. because you can't say that about the Christian song. You can't, Oh my goodness. Is, uh, because we love the imminence of God. How could you possibly question? If I talked about God and only his transcendence, you would come up to me after a sermon I preached about that and say, yeah, but he's near, right? He came near in Christ. Right. And you'd be right. You'd be right. Mm-hmm. But we're far more comfortable with stressing the imminence of God at the exclusion of his, his transcendence. And I, like our theology as a result is so anemic and weak. And our view of God is so beneath his glory. Mm-hmm. So in the end, what I want is us to see God the way Isaiah saw him and to recognize that this same God, as Isaiah understood, has given us atonement in Christ and has come near. And so when I come to him and I boldly approach his throne of grace with confidence, mm-hmm. I do so by the blood of Christ, mm-hmm. understanding, though, that I am walking into the, th- the throne room of the very living God, right? Mm-hmm. And it is a fearful thing to fall into his hands, mm-hmm. right? Hebrews. So mm-hmm. I'm, you hope you see what I'm doing. I'm juxtaposing these, this language. With it, with each other, he's he's near in Christ, and yet he is not safe. Right. 
Yeah, so I totally agree with you. Um, on on one hand, though, um, the artists they aren't going to be able to address both those in every song they do. But what I think what what I'm hearing you say though is that because of the overemphasis in almost all of the songs you hear on Christian radio being the nearness of God and the friendship of God and this kind of thing, it's making him right. less powerful and us coming to him just in the friendship way rather than coming to him as the God of the universe who created all things and who holds your life in his hand. Right. And, and, I, when, and when I say hold, like, you know, there's songs that are, oh, I love the way you hold me, right? And we, you were talking about Jamie Grace in mm-hmm. other podcasts. And uh, yes, but he also, there's, um, so Jonathan Edwards talked about God holding you in his hand as a very fearful thing. Yeah. Right? Right. Sinners in the hands of angry God yes. is, the, yeah. is the sermon. So, uh, yeah. here, here's the thing. Uh, on the one hand, I'm total. I'm ag- I'm agreeing with you mm-hmm. that yes, not every song's going to do that. Here, here's here's my here's perhaps a concern. Just bring biblical bi- biblical thought yeah. to some of this. Mm-hmm. When you come into the scriptures and you see some explanation of the imminence of God, it is usually in a context where His transcendence is also. So I'll give you an example mm. in Philippians chapter two, which is one of the favorite. Jesus came to us. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, but he made himself a servant. Yeah. In the context there, the fact that Jesus dwelled in inapproachable light, mm. the fact that he is transcendent makes his imminence, makes his move toward be- becoming a man yeah. and being humbled as a man on the cross, it it makes that move unbelievable, like remarkable. It's it's it is the fact that the the untouchable God has has become a child, a baby. That's the miracle of Christmas that we celebrate. Yeah. If you just want to talk about him as, you know, little baby Jesus when in his golden fleece diapers, <laughs> like if you want to talk about him like that, at the at the exclusion of his imminence, you lose it. You like you lose all the mystery and right majesty right. of it. And so the songs usually don't stress the 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 um, transcendence of God. They only talk about his imminence, and I'm saying the songs are weak mm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. They they do not bring any they're only they're only attempting at some sort of like sappy uh, cotton candy therapy mm. that is doesn't last ultimately, makes you feel good for just that little moment. But mm. the truth is you need a you need a God who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, but who has come near in his son to love you. Right. That you need, you need a God who is both of those. Yeah. And when you sing about him in both those ways, I think that you re- represent and understand him the right way. And that's well, my concern. I think even if we look at the scriptures in the gospels, we see the, um, you know, the narratives of Christ's life and him being friends of sinners, you know, and people love saying, oh, Jesus was a friend of sinners. Yeah. But whenever he was with the sinners, friends with them, he also called them to repentance like it wasn't just this, you know, all inclusive accepting of everything kind of thing. It was he was calling them to a life of uh, worshiping God and repenting at the same time. So, yeah, his his uh, his imminence is always yeah accompanied by his transcendence for sure. So if you want to provide some more feedback in this conversation, uh, you can do so by sending your thoughts to extra at northview.org. You can also send in some other questions you may have. 
Um, transitioning a, a little bit away from this conversation, actually not a little bit, it's almost like a totally different conversation. It is a totally different conversation. If it's gonna, a different question, it probably is. I'm going to address it primarily to Ezra and then let you guys jump in as, as you want to. But Ezra hasn't been here in a while and this one might be in your wheelhouse. Hmm. So we'll see. Where, Where does that come might? from, by the way? Wheelhouse? Yeah, where's that from? I don't know. Is that like a... Do you know where it came from? I don't know. Ezra, what's a wheelhouse? I don't know. A house do, you have a, do you have a wheelhouse? No, I don't have one. I don't have one Well, either. this is in it. So here it is. Whatever that is, this is it. Uh, the question is this. What should I say to another Christian who's telling me I need to remove items from my house because they are bad or evil and I don't necessarily agree? In this instance, the <coughs> items that they're being talked about are items from Disney movies uh, because my friend who's another Christian says that these items have been, uh, people have practiced voodoo over them and they're meant to harm. So what do I, how do you engage with another Christian who looks at the things in your house and says, you have to get rid of those things because they are evil and are going to bring you harm. Oh my, (laughs) I don't even know how, how to begin answering that. Would your answer, can I suggest one way to begin, Ezra? <laughs> yeah. To let it go. Let it go. <laughs> nice. Oh, oh Jeff. So easy. Hey. <laughs> Hakuna, I mean, Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't even know how to how to begin addressing this issue. Okay. Uh, generally or broadly, uh, there are certain items. So I'm thinking from the background I come from. So you'd you'd have different items in people's houses, items that have been used by, let's say, a witch doctor to do to cast his spells and to do all sorts of things. And so some people will bring these things into their houses for the purpose of either lucky charms or things like that. Or some people may just bring them in as um, a decoration, so to speak. So but if, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're saying, okay, that lifestyle is behind me now and I'm engaged in being a disciple of Jesus, uh, given the fact that some of those items were dedicated to witchcraft mm. and in the practice of witchcraft, then the, the, the word of advice or the recommendation from the church would be, hey, you know what, you might want to part ways with those items. Now, are the items themselves bad? No, the items were created by God. So they may be... Um, pieces of wood, uh, sculptures, little little things that have been crafted from wood and things like that, or from stone. Are the items themselves bad? No. I think the issue is what those items have now, what, what they were used for and now what they represent. Mm. And because of that, then you want to just part ways. And the reason for that would be, hey, you're not your own, you're bought at the price, so whatever you do, you want to make sure that uh, people who come and visit with you do not mistake you for being something that you're not. Mm. Now, coming to the question of the <clears throat> of the listener, obviously you have a friend who seems to have uh, who seems to be stumbling when they come to your place because you have Disney movies, and according to them, they've been uh, prophesied over and um, like prophecies toward demons mm-hmm. and they've been dedicated to the to, to satanic worship or whatever whatever the case may be and this person may be stumbling when he comes to your house and finds this issue so uh, this these articles there or these videotapes or whatever they are 
in your home. I think for the sake of your brother, who may be stumbling in this particular case, <coughs> I would say, okay, remove him mm-hmm. for their sake. Now, the the the, the I, I think this in this particular in this particular um, question, I think the Disney movies and such, it might be a Christian liberty uh, question where now for the sake of the weaker brother, okay, remove them from your shelf. Okay. Like put them away if can, this... Can I, can I jump in and ask you a question about sure. that though? Mm-hmm. When it comes to Christian liberty, is the command to, you know, for the sake of the conscience of your younger brother, I, I find it really difficult to understand how that's applying to some, some movies in your house. See, right, I mean, we're not talking. We're not talking about something that is clearly sinful, like uh, like pornography. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about films that are wide that that are widely watched. They're Disney films, mm-hmm. and yeah, some of the stuff in Disney is going to embrace what God has to say about the world, and some mm-hmm. of it's not. Mm-hmm. But at the end, you're saying. Uh, get rid of stuff inside your house that might and, offend and, and somebody again, else. And again, I'm not saying so get I, rid. Every, I'm not. I'm not saying get rid. I'm just saying, hey, but, if you know the person is coming over, yeah. If you know the person is coming over and they may have an issue with that, hmm. yeah. then would I would I consume or would I would I have it? Yeah, the alcohol is the thing that I was thinking about because I wouldn't expect somebody to. Get get rid of all the alcohol in your house because there might be a Christian out there who might be offended by it. I don't no, think that that's and, what. And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying get rid in terms of throw away. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. don't display it. If I know, if I know, say Jeff, if you are the person who had the issue and you are coming over to my house, and I knew I was having you over with the genie and the kids, would I have those things in view? Probably not. No, because no, I know. I know. Well, I'll give you a real what, example. My yeah. my father in law is a teetotaler. I'm. I don't drink at all. I, I mean, I, every, I have occasionally had a glass of wine. I don't really like alcohol, but um, I, I there there have been times though where we've had a bottle of wine around our house and stuff. But my my wife wouldn't pull it out when my father in law's around, mm-hmm. who is just he's his father was a very mean drunk and so he's got a whole history with it and so yes to honor him we just don't exactly don't do it my brother-in-law who really enjoys uh really enjoys some some wine he will avoid or some beer he he won't drink at all with my my mm-hmm. father-in-law with his father-in-law around mm-hmm. and Present. that's that, yeah. that's essentially he does that mm-hmm. out to re- out of both respect for him but also respect for the lord Yes. Because of the very thing that you're saying, yes. so I can see the value of what, of what you're trying to say, and that's my argument. Um, my question, though, is: Don't we know better, Ezra? How do you mean? Well, um, don't we know better, though, that that things like, I mean, to use Paul's language, I'm trying to look up Paul's language right now. Here, we know that the only God in the world is is ours. Yes, we we know that He's the yes. only one who has. He's power. the only one. Mm-hmm. So how how does that influence our talking about this? Meaning, uh, for the sake of our brothers, we don't you know display stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but we also know that no matter what little cursey thing somebody might have put on a our thing like bigger. that, our God is bigger. Yes. And I I don't need yes. And I agree with you. I agree with you in the sense that yes, our God is bigger. So and and. Again, you're speaking with someone coming from an African background where the whole witchcraft and voodoo <coughs> thing is really is really big, is really big in that in that culture. So I would say, 
yeah, our God is bigger, and you can go to a witch doctor and you can do whatever you can you can do whatever curse you want upon me, but it'll only touch me to the extent that my heavenly Father permits it. Why? Because I believe in a God who is meticulously sovereign, and I use the word meticulous intentionally there. But at the same time, that's my belief, and that's where I'm at in my walk with Christ. But I don't know where you might be at. Mm. You who might be a visitor coming to visit with me, you might still be in your faith journey <laughs> trying to understand and embrace Christ in his entire fullness and understanding the gospel in its entire glory, so to speak. And because of the fact that you're still you're still in your faith journey trying to yeah. find answers to these questions, rather than wreck your or put a lot of speed bumps in your faith, I'd rather remove the articles, but then still engage you in disciple-making, engage you in conversations to say, hey, you do realize that we worship a God who's bigger than all this. Yeah, I mean, I'm drawing my language. I was just looking for it, and uh, Paul was helping me with it. There's a couple passages, one in Romans 14, that address some very similar issues. Uh, Eating food sacrificed to idols, which is a real problem in the first century, because if you were part of a trade guild, meaning Mm -hmm. that if you were an electrician... Mm -hmm which isn't what they had, but let's mm-hmm. assume that they did. Or carpenter. Like a blacksmith or a mm-hmm. carpenter. You would get together and uh, in your trade guild, your your uh, like your meetings, not company meetings, but basically... A union meeting, sort of A speak. union meeting. You would get together and they would be required for you to actually get work, but you they were always done as worship acts to the deity, the patron deity of whatever of the, that trade guild yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So you would you'd be forced in moments to, as a new Christian to sit down and be eating meat that was expressly offered to an idol just mm-hmm. moments before. They cooked mm-hmm. it right up there. So this meat was offered to one of the bales, and now you're eating it. And this was a problem. So what do you do as a Christian who doesn't believe in that God now that they're offering it to you and you got to go to the trade guild and you sit and eat? <clears throat> so when Paul... He, they deal, he deals with this in Romans 14, but also in 1 Corinthians 8. So 1 Corinthians 8, uh, now concerning food, this is verse 1, offered to idols, we know that all of us possesses, possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so, so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, or no better off if we do, but take care that this right of yours, to eat, by the way, okay, or to watch the Disney, or to whatever, this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak, and the weak means the person whose conscience is weak. It doesn't mean that they're physically weak or they're less than you. For if anyone who see, sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged? If his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols, and so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died? 
So um, the, I might think that this really does provide some framework for what we're trying to say here. What you're trying to say is that we know better. Mm. We, we know that somebody can do their little voodoo and, and, and figure out wh- whatever and try to manipulate the spirit world and all that. But our God is bigger and we know better mm. that yes. that doesn't have power over us or over these things. We know better. But there are some who come from that background in those areas who might be injured, right, if they see you partaking in something like that. So the, it seems to me the answer is don't watch Disney movies with them, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and that's what I'm saying. But it, I, I also want to say you don't need to get rid of your Disney movie. Yes, and my point is... Or not watch it. You can watch it at home. Yeah, so, so what I'm saying, yeah, if... If I know the person is coming to visit, would I still leave my collection on the display? Right. And and again, because I know what his opinion is and I know where he's at and he, he it maybe affects him, offends him, or he struggles with it, I'm going to, out of respect and love for this brother, I'm going to pull them out and just say, hey, let's box this because we know Jeff is coming over. Yeah. And then I would think that would be rare. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't yes. do it. Of course you would do it for the sake of your brother yes. or sister. But I should be see my point to you is be willing to do that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, but I don't want to But, but I'm not but saying you're, I'm, you're still free to watch them. Yes, I'm not saying I'm not saying that throw them away, junk them or recycle them. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for the sake of Jeff who's coming over. Let me just... Just let it go. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> now is when you're seeing what you did because there? Because of the Disney move connection. It yeah. was because of the Disney connection. Man. Right? Sometimes you and I, we finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> mm. That's what, what I was going to say. What is that from? Wow. You don't have a daughter. Frozen? <laughs> yes. Oh. Do you know how many times I... <laughs> oh, dear. You've watched it. Yeah, I've gotten to the point to think that there might actually be some demonic stuff. I'm just kidding. No, dude. If you need I've to know it so much, if you need to know the end of Paw Patrol lyrics or whatever, I got. That's where I'm at right now. All right. Mm. Um, hey, Paul. Do you find out why we say it's right in your wheelhouse? Do you look that wheelhouse? Up by any uh, I did look it up actually, and it's just basically, um, basically the whole thing is it comes from the the idea of a ship, uh, and when a ship. It's going through the water. It's got the, you know, the rudder and everything. And there, there was wheels down there to make things turn. And if it's right in your wheelhouse, you like you're the you're the captain of that ship. And you mm. that whatever it is, is right in your wheelhouse. You know how to control it. You know how to make it go got it. your way. So, Sweet. So the I, idiom, was the, I was the captain of that question. It was in my wheelhouse. Right, man. You were the captain. Oh, you're the wow. captain of all our Disney voodoo questions. Oh, my goodness. That's. That's really where your expertise lies, right? <laughs> I don't think I it's like with this the Disney, wheelhouse. It's the Disney voodoo stuff. <laughs> I don't think I like the wheelhouse. So next time we get a question about that, I'm bringing you back into the podcast. Oh dear. This is in his wheelhouse. So okay. the princess and the frog, that's, your, that's for that's you. That's my, my, yeah, my wheelhouse. Because that's yes. got the voodoo stuff in it. Oh, man. If you have any questions <laughs> you would like the extra podcast team to address at some point, you can send them into extra at northview.org. We have a good long list. We're trying to make our way through. Uh, but you know, sometimes other things come up like, so we're going to, we're going to end or we're done with our podcast yep. and our final salvo is I would like your best, your favorite Disney movie and your least favorite Disney movie. 
Ooh. around the table. And uh, oh because it's in his wheelhouse, Ezra gets to go first. Favorite Lion Disney King. movie. Lion, Lion King. King's your favorite? Yeah, that's Why? I enjoyed it. I mean, it it was Africa. Yeah, okay. It was Simba. And Paul, your Akuna favorite? Your favorite Disney movie of all time? Favorite? Probably uh, The Incredibles. Do you know what? That was mine. The Incredibles. Well, I can pick another one if you'd like. If no, you no, need me we to share the we come. share the Incredibles. I mm-hmm. still think that okay. that movie holds up really well. Yeah, Greg. Mine's Lion King. <coughs> well, two Lion <laughs> Kings versus two Incredibles. That's there right. You know. All right, least favorite <clears throat> of all time ever. Oh man, this is tough. This is easy. Okay, you go first. Fantasia. <laughs> Honest to goodness, <laughs> like. <laughs> Not a fan of classical music there, Jeff. No, it wasn't just classical music. Hippos that whole thing freaked tutus. me straight out. <laughs> Did it? Oh, my goodness. It must like, have been. It was an LSD trip to <laughs> <by> somebody. <laughs> I think so. All right, come on. A bunch of hippies getting together. Oh, to oh this is this. tough. I don't Fantasia. even know how I can name one. If you have Fantasia, you should burn it. <laughs> I haven't watched it, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this now, is... now you'll make me want to watch it. <laughs> Paul, what's yours? Do you have one? I have nothing on my mind right now. I have nothing. Least favorite Disney? Oh, yeah. probably the most recent Zootopia. Oh, did it? Whoa. Zootopia was awful. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. I thought I heard yeah. good things about that. Yeah. It, was good, but I, it's, I, it wasn't a Disney movie, but that's okay. Zootopia's Disney? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Whatever. It's not. <laughs> I think it is. But it's right. <laughs> I, Okay, here's my least favorite Disney movie is the most recent Star Wars. Oh, oh come my on. goodness. I'm just what? joking. Wrong Calm you. down. Okay, uh, Ezra, I, your last I, chance. I, I got nothing. I got uh, nothing. Well, you get so many time. emails about Star Wars. You can't not like Star Wars. Thanks for listening to the podcast. See you at church this weekend. Yeah.